Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, a hot block commander. How you wanna end up one or two hours show to keep the brain running with the premises talk sports on a national level? Full with the topic, sorta of like the rubber when it's game time. They like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. The sports medicine, sports veterans and greats. The four for twenty-six saw the war in Kuwait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys, diversified and educated. <clears throat> What up, though, War Room family? You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev McMillan. I'm in the building with my family. We've got B. Austin and Jimmy the Blueprint with us. Like This has been a week of hot topics in sports that kind of emphasizes the terrible side of people. Don't get this wrong. We're going to throw in some feel-good stories as well, but this week was overwhelmingly negative, and, and most of it a occurred lot of the field. So, um, yeah, so, look, we got to discuss it. Got to do what we do. So keep it locked right here uh, for this and everything else happening in the world of sports. And if you want to get in on the conversation, make sure you join us right now in the JW Philly Realty chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. Or you can join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. You can also call us directly in about 15 minutes when we open up the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number as usual is 323410 Zero zero one two. One last thing before we get everything popping. Make sure that during the week when you're chilling, you're in your office, you're in the car, wherever you, you know, whatever you're doing for the week while you're on that grind, make sure you listen to archive episodes of our show at warroomsports.com. You can also do it on the Warroom Sports mobile app that you all should have because it's free on Android and iOS, uh, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, uh, wherever you listen to, to you know, your podcast. We're on there somewhere. What up, homies? Quick question for y'all. Yo, what, what up, though? Went wrong with the karmic balance of this past week. <laughs> <laughs> every every now and again, once in a while, Lucifer makes his way up from the ninth <laughs> level of hell <laughs> to set foot on the <laughs> to set foot to set foot on the earth. And something crazy happens, like Kanye West will drop an album or a theme music for that arrival. So, you know, that's what it is. He's here. Man. He's rocking. And it's manifesting week, itself. It wasn't just a murder capital where they murder for capital. Like, all kinds of stuff happened. Like, I, I don't even want to start the list because, you know, we're going to talk about it all. But he, he just had a little bit of everything, man. Fighting, stealing, murking, beating. <laughs> it's, Suicide. It, it's been a yeah, it's been a crazy week. Um, a lot of deaths, uh, particular particularly in the NBA. Um, it's crazy. So look, man, we're gonna jump right into it uh, because I, I just can't believe like we we went through the entirety of 2016. That was like the death year where every show, like three people died in the world of sports or and or entertainment. Um, and this year hasn't particularly been the year of terrible people, but but this week is, is overwhelming, man. I can't state it enough. But so we went back in time to 2016, <laughs> so, just for this so, week. Well, a few of those type of stories, but it was just, it, it extended beyond that. 
Well, this is what we're going to do. Why Y'all Were on the Grind is brought to you, of course, by Sports the Book. You guys tired of reading the same old sports books with the same lame lists, rankings, imaginary starting lineups, and all sorts of subjective information that they try to pass off to you as facts. Be sure to pick up your copy of Sports. S-P-O-R-T-S. Smart people only read the sports. It's a mixture of sports, hip-hop culture, and comedy will keep you on the edge of your seat. You'll love it. If you haven't read it by now, then first of all, there's something wrong with you because, you know, we told you to read it a long time ago. And that's for you. It's for the culture. So just go to sportsthebook.com or get your copy from our website at warroomsports.com. But just don't miss the movement. All right. So let's jump right on into some of these crazy stories, man. And the first one, uh, this is a, a current New York Giant player. He had some some problems with TSA on a recent flight. Now, you know, if if you guys you, you guys travel enough, B and and, and Blueprint. I mean, y'all know TSA is not the most smoothly run operation this world has ever seen. Um, if you check your bag, if you're you know, Muslim, sometimes you're gonna. Yeah, I know, Ooh. right? Shout out to shout out to Doc Bay because he's not even Muslim, but since his name is the Honorable Achel Sami Bayon, <laughs> he gets the <laughs> quote unquote random search every time he goes into an airport. Like, come on, it can't be that many random searches in the world. Um, you know, I've had my bags checked. I've had them lost. I've had them. I had uh, TSA go through the bags for some particular reason and not leave the stuff like they like they found yeah. it. I had my bags and damaged some, because of that. Airports, zippers broken. What did you say, yo, uh, Some Jim? airports are worse than others, yo. Some airports are worse than others. Like, and yo, I felt I'll scream me too when I left their airport, yo. <laughs> No, man, this is the thing, though, because after 9-11, you know, TSA became a serious, you know, government agency. Not to say that it wasn't supposed to be before, but I knew some people who worked at TSA before, and there's no way that they should have been doing airport security, and they'll tell you that themselves. Um, So they got a little more serious (laughs) after 9-11. So in this particular story, uh, A.J. Francis, who's now defensive tackle with the New York Giants, uh, he was rolling, and he got his bag after his flight. TSA had been inside. As you know, they usually leave you to note that they had to check the bag. But in this particular instance, he was carrying an urn with his mother's ashes in it. So they did something. They checked it. They spilled the ashes onto his luggage on the inside, onto his clothes, and then just put everything back. Oh! Didn't put a note. You know, like nothing happened. Oh! <laughs> oh. Yeah. Somebody ought to get a rope. Somebody ought to get a rope. <laughs> so okay. listen, this, is what he, this is what he tweets, because you know you can get at anybody these days because everybody's on social media. He said, hey, you pieces of ish at TSA, next time you effing feel the need to go through my mother's ashes for no reason, Make sure you close it back so her remains aren't spilled all on my clothes. The least you pieces mm. of garbage can do is your effing job. Damn, <laughs> Yo, and they sent him like some canned response, uh, basically saying, out of respect for the deceased, nope, 
Under no circumstances should the container be opened. That was the reply. Okay, he already established that part by telling you pieces of ish <laughs> that you shouldn't have done that. Yo, how heated Damn. would y'all be if y'all were in this young man situation, man? I'll be in the airport like Black Man Jones. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not built. Certain things, certain things, I'm not built for, and I just say what he said. Yeah, what he said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'd be up in the joint like Pac Man. Well, look, man, that's Letting a great my hands segue go. because Pac Man Jones um, was in the airport Hartsfield to be yeah, exact right. in Atlanta. Yeah, right. <laughs> and there's a video. <laughs> That was released showing Pac-Man, Adam Pac-Man Jones, the 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 man with 90 million lives in, in the NFL, having a fist fight with an airport employee. Now, where the video picks up, Pac-Man has a case for his defense because where the video picks up, it looks like the airport employee, who is you know probably a good six inches taller than Pac-Man. He looked to be the aggressor. Pac-Man looked like he wanted yeah, he to keep walking. The, the dude got off of the people who was trying to hold him back, pushes Pac-Man or punches him up against a little window or something, and then it was on from there. Next thing you know, this dude is on the ground trying to wake up. Um, B, I know we, we've talked recently about Pac-Man and, and how many times he's, got, he's gotten off um, as far as his punishments go outside Yo. and inside of the NFL. Did you see the video? Yo, I did not see the video, oh and I want to. I want to preface. I want to. I want to preface this by saying that all of us, all of us, on this show, are definitely pro-black. We all grew up in urban environments, so we know that there is definitely a racial bias to law enforcement, to the judicial system. Okay. Hello? Okay. Damn, maybe they didn't like what he was saying. It's like <laughs> boys got him. He was about he was about to say something <laughs> negative. He didn't, do nothing, he didn't do nothing to nobody but them boys got him, yo. That was um, TSA. <laughs> yo, for me for me, right, it's just like dude definitely was the aggressor. Uh, and I was getting upset right. watching it because the chick was trying to hold him back but she was almost like allowing him to get his boot stretched because, oh, because of her trying to hold him back. Right. Yeah, because like, you guys are trying to hold him back. I was like, yo, you're going to hold his arm and the bull going to get him. But dude was definitely the aggressor. He was trying to get by. But this this, this made me think about something else. So shout out to our brother Hank. Because he said something in our group chat about, like, like Pac-Man has had so many chances that he must be, like, the greatest athlete of our generation. And I'm, like, thinking, <laughs> I know Pac-Man That's is pretty good, but how good is he that, he, that, that he's gotten this many chances? Or is right. it just, like, because when it happened? Because I think that in 2018 – like with with some of his uh, you know stuff, not saying anything is his fault, but Jack with some of his, I don't know whether he'd be able to get away with it the same way. Right, or e- or even this one, Jim. If there was no video involved in this, and you had to give Pac-Man Jones the benefit of the doubt, he'd be getting roofed right now. <laughs> he most yeah. likely will be getting roofed right now. But no, you know, watching the video, just like you know, we both agreed on, dude was definitely aggressive. And I like the point that you brought up because the woman he was with, I don't know if that was a friend, a sister, a girlfriend, or whoever, jump off, whatever. She, her intentions were good, but she 
going about it the wrong way because you can tell the way she was, no, Adam, no, Adam. It was kind of like, you know what I'm saying, you're on thin ice, you know, as is. Like, mm-hmm. I can't let you get in trouble again type thing. But you also can't hold him, you know, and keep holding his arm in his hand while this dude is being wild aggressive and running up on him and stuff because – yeah. Okay, he might not end up getting in trouble like you, but you have to allow him to at least protect and defend himself. Well, he's going to be on the ground waking up <laughs> for no particular reason. Yeah. He wouldn't allow him to defend himself. So I yeah, heard that, you know, after he put this dude in the hospital with that crazy left, that falling left hook, short left hook that he hit him with, that looked to, you know, put him in la-la land, they, they, did you see the photo of dude in the hospital? But it was kind of a mugshot. I think the police went to the the hospital to book the dude, so he had a very yeah. bad day. Like he most likely lost your job because once they see the footage, they're gonna see how aggressive you were being. You know, everybody trying to hold him back. Then you get stretched. Then you go to the hospital, <laughs> and then the police come yeah. and actually book you that was, in, in in favor of Pac Man Jones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his day was definitely trash. I, I want to know like what led up to that. I mean, have you heard the whole story? Like, have you heard anything else in terms of what led up to that? I I haven't heard how it started or anything like that. But you know, where it picks up, they just look like they were having words. But to to everybody's surprise, Pac Man Jones looked like, even though he said something back, he was still being the bigger man. He was just gonna walk down the hallway and do what he had to do, catch his flight or wherever he was going, and the dude just wouldn't let it go. And you know, he kind of paid the price for it. I don't know if he Pretty knew much. who Pac-Man Jones was or not. I don't think he did. Yeah. I mean, not that that would have like It probably would have gave him more heart because he was looking probably started looking too. for a payday. But but you can't look for a payday like if you if you know who he is and you're looking for a payday, you have to you have to talk him into swinging on you. You can't you can't attack him first. You know what I'm saying? You have to. You have to goad him into it somehow and be a little more clever. You can't just punch the dude up against the wall and think that you're yeah, going to get something after trash. Bull was definitely <laughs> trash. Yeah, his, his whole life trash right now. Yeah, he must and have been angry. Yeah. <laughs> he must have been angry because he'd take out trash after the plane lands. I don't know. <laughs> something was wrong with him. He was real aggressive. Wild aggressive. All right, so we got to move on to the next thing. I was trying to a little bit to see, you know. I was curious to see what B. Austin was about to say. But, oh, um, they got him. I think the feds got him. Either the feds, TSA, Pac-Man's people, because he was definitely, most definitely about to say something crazy about Pac-Man, just knowing him. <laughs> Alright, so, speaking of rumbling, <laughs> your favorite rumblers of all time, Kermit Washington of almost well, almost killing uh, Rudy Tomjanovich fame. Wait a minute, we'll get right back to Kermit Washington because B's back. B, real quick, because we moved on to the next story. Let us know what you were about to say about Pac-Man before we move on. All right. I guess you still don't they want got to say it. So, yeah, so, so Kermit Washington of almost killing Rudy Tomjanovich fame, he has been sentenced to six years in prison um, for charity fraud. <laughs> now, yo, that's like the worst kind of fraud, ain't it? Right. 
And, and then he was also ordered to pay nine hundred and seventy thousand dollars in restitution. So um, he's sixty-six years old. I don't even know what that old. means. It just sounds like it's the worst. <laughs> what charity fraud? Yeah, it just sounds like bad. Like yo, charity? You fraud charity? Remember the theme. The, the theme of today's show is just terrible people and people just doing terrible yeah. things this week. So what he did, they said he abused his fame and status to promote a charity scam by which he raised hundreds of thousands of dollars that he diverted to a personal spending on lavish vacations, shopping sprees, and even plastic surgery for his girlfriend. She's probably a yacht. Um, <laughs> so in November Yo. 2017, he pleaded guilty in a federal court in Kansas City, Missouri, to making a false statement on his tax, re- tax return and to aggravated identity theft. So, man, to me, this looked like one of those cases, these old players looking at what these new players are making and how they get the floss in ways that they could never imagine. And he wanted a piece of the pie. But charity fraud, now it doesn't specify exactly what the charity was. But, dude, any, you know, anything that's anything that's an empathetic enough anything cause that's charitable. for people to give their money. You no, know, it's charity. Right. If it's charitable, to give your hard-earned you personal money because you feel that strongly or feel that sorry for a particular situation, to take advantage of that is just scum bucket type material. So he's about to spend six in the pen um, because he wanted to come up off of uh, people and their and their and their their feelings, their empathetic feelings for something. What's up with your man, man? I mean, back then he Yo. was. He was making people's spinal fluid leak off one punch. Yo, I just don't. <laughs> what man? Like, no, I don't know, man. Like, I understand. I guess, I guess it's different. Like, I'm trying to like figure out, like, mentally, what makes you do something like this. Like, do you think you're gonna uh, play with it? I, it gets worse, Jim. I found out what it was. <laughs> oh shit! He told oh, the donors. That the funds were going toward charitable work in Africa for starving and HIV positive children. Oh, come on, the babies too? Man, though most of the people we bring up in today's episode could deserve this. And again, shout out to the homie Court Bennett for bringing this back. Kermit Washington. Thing to him, Jojo. Really? Damn. You gonna go there with the African kids with, with HIV? <laughs> Yo, cuz. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know his. I don't know his situation, like his personal financial situation, Doug. But come on, man. Yeah, he, he basically definitely, definitely. He basically went we out of the world on him, yo. <laughs> yeah. Starving kids yo. in Africa with HIV. He went we out of the world on him, man. And didn't even have oh. Michael singing the man. He a piece of trash. <laughs> yo, all right, yo, man. Speaking of that, though, wasn't the fire and we all the world? It's like the song was fire. Like everybody was anticipating Mike, and then Mike got on and just like drew. <laughs> yo, first of all, why was he dressed like that? Everybody else is out on jeans and a t-shirt. Mike got on the junk. Everybody had kill John. <laughs> you know, because a lot of like that. They got that together after like an award show or something. That's how they had all of those people in the same place 
at the same time. So they all had to wake up early, go to the studio to knock that out. So Mike probably was there all night with his makeup crew <laughs> and, and, and his stylist and all of that. Everybody come in looking half sleep with a T-shirt on, hair not done, and Mike glittered on. Come on, Mike. Yeah, what's wrong with Mike, man? <laughs> All right, so in addition to Kermit Washington being a POS, um, there was a lot of death this week as well. And as I mentioned earlier, it was death in the NBA. Um, Clifford Rozier, former NBA player, died at age 45 of a heart attack. Tyler Honeycutt was found dead after a standoff with police. And then former UCLA Bruin uh, Billy Knight was found dead um, in what many people thought think is a suicide um, after recording his final message and putting it on YouTube, talking about how he sinned and he's lived a, a lot of lies and this and that. Um, Jim, I don't even know because when we originally talked about it, I know for one, I didn't know this particular fact, but I heard that this message came after he had gotten, uh, I don't, I'm not even going to say charged, it was alleged that he sexually abused a nine-year-old girl. Yeah. So that, that's I mean, kind of how, I guess that was his last straw with his, with himself before suicide. They said he sexually abused yeah. a child. So they found him unresponsive for 3 a.m. Sunday morning. I'm pretty sure Beoff is going to say what I'm thinking. So Beoff, where you at, B? Um, coward. There's no, there's no, uh, there's no condolences sent out. You know what I'm saying? There's no because that let that, that little baby has lived that. If you did, that little baby has to live with that for the rest of her life, and her parents you murk, live with it. You murk yourself. I'm not giving you the benefit of the doubt after leaving that video. Yeah. So I mean, yo, his video, much. his video said I've sinned. I've lived a life of lies. I'm a terrible person. I'm a piece of trash. I, yes. Yes, you are. No you are not looking for pity, I hope. I have no friends. I've lied to my mom. I've lied to my dad. I've lied to myself. I've lied to God. I've, you know, he was just, he was going in on the self-pity, John, and then killed himself. Y'all already yeah, know how I feel about suicide as well documented. I'm I'm not going to go into that because it may be a little to some of our listeners, but if you committed that act against and perpetrated that against a child and you expect and any any inkling of whatever over here, nah, like, mm-mm. Yeah, it nope. says between April 1st, 2017 and March 31st, 2018, he engaged in multiple acts of sexual intercourse or sexual contact with the underage girl. Um, he was accused of abusing the victim on the couch as the two watched movies and while the child was asleep in her mother's bed. I don't know who girl was to him. I don't know if she was the daughter of a girlfriend or, or something like that. But yeah, he on on his on the video he said, "I'm sorry, Lord. Um, this is probably my last message on earth. Life is not a game. You can't play around with it." You know, all of these little quotes and catchphrases, and 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 then they found him dead. So you kind of know what happened in this. Hit us, did he hit us? Not, he hit us with a whole bunch of cliches. No, but only that. Much. You know what bothers me about that? It's, it's sort of like you know you trash, you know you don't deserve to live, but you still somehow want to play victim and get sympathy. 
Like if you just right. and, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, just, and get some and get yeah. some and get yeah. some sympathy out of it. Yeah, yo, man, just body yourself and keep Fuck it moving. Out man. of here. But everybody has to put on a show these days, man. Everything has to be on social media. People killing people on social media. People killing themselves on social media. You gotta leave your suicide so, note on social media. Like, listen, yeah, it's man, like your, your last you plea for attention. That article you sent me yesterday about Kylie, uh, the young queen Kylie, uh, who's almost a billionaire already. She like, I mean, just just became legal. Right. And, it's a, it's a quote in that article that I put in the group, and it talks about, like, this is the uh, best time ever in terms of, um, I forgot the, the phrase they use. It's something like, a, something about leveraging your fame or something like that. Um, right. To the point leveraging where Kim's fame. getting attention, yeah, getting attention makes you money. So, you know, insert sad quote here, but it's the truth because it still goes back to people looking for resources. They just figured out, but it's also laziness. Cats don't want to work. They want to like get a viral video. I wonder. Money. I wonder. Yo, Jimmy. I wonder how much money. I wonder how much money his suicide note generated. I mean, click. Hard to improve our customer service. Oh, that means two-hour appointment window, including nights and. Yo, I have no idea what that was. <laughs> Somebody talking about customer service and murking people or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that was me. Um, that was me. That was a computer. My bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. So anyway, uh, but it, it, attention is just a beast, man. Like it's it's its own form of currency, and like you said, people salute so salute far. the fabulous. Yeah, salute the fabulous. Right he said it. It's, it's crazy because UCLA they lost two players, you know, two former players this week, and both of them are being investigated as suicide. Remember, I mentioned Tyler Honeycutt. Um, he was in a standoff with police, um, but his death is being looked at as a, as a potential suicide. They said he shot at officers last Friday before barricading himself in his Sherman Oaks home for nine hours. Then he was pronounced as dead at the scene after SWAT entered the residence early Saturday morning. So they're claiming that when they bust up in there, he was already dead. So we'll see where that investigation goes. If you, but are you black? If you black and you shoot at cops, that is suicide. That's clearly like <laughs> you're yeah, not gonna be given phrase, the benefit. What's it, what's it called? I think it's death by, literally called suicide. Yeah, death by suicide. Yeah, suicide. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yep. yep. But my thing is But the, the coroner like, said he not, what appeared to be a self inflicted gunshot wound. So either way it was gonna be suicide. Yeah. So that's two That was just the first the first cop. The first cop that got to him did something ignorant, so they blamed it on him shooting himself. Right. So, so this particular story, I have no clue what it was about, why there was a standoff, why he was shooting at the police, you know, if he took his, his own life, like why this whole thing happened. Um, only thing we can speculate at this point, like we talk about, you know, how serious mental health issues are. Uh, this type of stuff happens. As a result of that, a lot of times, and, and it goes by without anybody notice, noticing. It, it, it's but, funny uh, you say you say that. Um, I, I heard about this, and I didn't see any indication of a mental health issue. However, on Twitter, when <clears throat> a lot of the NBA NBA his NBA fan were like extending their condolences, 
mental health was mentioned at least four or five times. So there might be something mm. to that. Yeah, they, they know something we don't know. I mean, uh, that's crazy, man. Uh, like, it's popping, it's popping with UCLA, man. Somebody in our chat was like, somebody got to go check on Kevin Love right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember. Like, what's um, popping over there, though? It's a crazy week, especially for the for the Bruin fam. And definitely shout out to uh, Clifford Rozier's family. Um, like I said earlier, the 45-year-old former NBA uh, player, 6'11", center Clifford Rozier, he passed away Friday after a sudden heart attack. This is this is that's this crazy and it and it's scary. You know what I'm saying? 45 yeah. years old. Like I get nervous anytime. You know, any any kind of pain around the chest or just anything, man. I'm nervous as hell because people like people just dropping dead, man, at, at young ages, man. Yeah. Scary. Yo, it, it's, it's Yo, crazy. Yo, you're supposed like, to die at 45. You're supposed to be playing in the big three. You're supposed to be on basketball court complaining <laughs> about your ankles and knees, still right. shooting the right. long trays. Right. Yeah, I'm not having like, sudden like, heart. When you see people dying in their 40s, it makes you like question mortality in general, man. Because like sometimes some of these cats like like do shape and everything, man. I don't know what's popping. Not saying he was, but it reminded right. me of that episode of Blackish when his pop turned like I think he turned like 65, and he was like, "Yo, I'm the oldest man alive." And he was like, "Think about <laughs> it." So I started, I started thinking about it like, "Yo, scary, black man definitely black men get you out don't of here." Know a lot of black men like, <laughs> You know, statistically speaking, black men be out of here. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they, we get out of here, man. But, um, and that's why I'm like, it's so scary. Good. Mm hmm. I I was just saying, I'm, I'm a routine, like, I, I routinely go to the doctor. So it's like, you think about it, and, you know, you don't want to sound crazy about it, though, but you're kind of like, man, this was a sudden heart attack. Like, for just for selfish reasons, you like, man, I hope dude like just didn't go to the doctor and didn't know that something was wrong. Because I go to the doctor yeah. all the time. If I have a sudden heart attack, you know, I mean I'm probably I might be dead. All that all whatever that I doctor, am, be all dead, that doctor like, going. That's what I'm saying. Like, all that I'm, doctor I'm be going didn't work. Mad. Like, I go to the doctor all the time and everything that happened he knows, so you know, I, sudden death is not how you wanna Need to know that something. Yeah, not at all. Prepare myself at least, or or try to fight it. But this family, man, man, I'm one of them ignorant. I'm one of them. I'm one of them ignorant, stereotypical black men. So we ain't gonna go into that. (laughs) I go to the doctors. As a matter of fact, I go to the doctors like often. I get routine checkups. I I go more than even required. Um, just because I'm paranoid. But it's like it's crazy though, man. I mean, so he always gotta get me a follow up. Right, it's also why I, 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 you know, it was also why, like, with old heads, I enjoy talking to old heads. Because any, any black man that gets to be, like, 60 years old, their governor goes off, and they stop caring about anything and will see anything out of their mouth, which is why they're the most entertaining people on the planet. I, because as a black man, once you reach 60, it's like, yo, I made it. All right. Uh, All right, so, Jim, give these a uh, couple quick birthday shout-outs real quick. That's what happened, everybody, while y'all were on the grind. Here we got some calls on the line, so we're going to get some quick birthday shout-outs, and we're going to get to these phone lines before we get to some more terrible people from the absolutely, week. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And the birthdays are brought to you by the creator. So, 
Um, a couple birthday shout outs, but we definitely have to do this. Um, Travis Best, um, 46 years old. He made to be 46. What up, Travis? So happy birthday to Travis Best. You know what I'm saying? Kind of a friend of the show, even though he never came on it. My birthday, yeah. <laughs> talking to you, Travis. You know what I mean? You sell out. So I'm going to start talking dirty about you. Cause <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyway, um, who knows? I'm going to poop shot on him on his birthday for what AI used to do to him. Never mind. Julio, Julio Cesar Chavez turns 56, and for some reason, I always thought he was older than that. Yo, it has got to be a different Julio Cesar Chavez. He fought fought enough times to have been like 42 when he was fighting, and that was a long time ago. Yo, my man was fighting. My man was fighting about <laughs> weeks. Like, like he was trying to get a steady check. <laughs> he like lined up about weekly for me. Bro. My man, my man was lining up about weekly. It has to be. Shout out to the Yo. OG man. Um, Brown got him fired, huh? Who's that? He was though, dude. <laughs> the dude fought ninety professional fights. Like that's that's the professional. What's I mean, wrong know, with him? You know where he's from. He probably fought in a couple. You know, he probably opened up for a couple Yo. of cock fights <laughs> down in some dirty <laughs> shit ring where he thought it was sanctioned and professional and it didn't even count on his record. Yo, nah, look, look at this. Look at this, Dev. If he fought 90 times. Damn. They be getting me. Yeah, Yo. Yo, they're illegitimate. That means he's trying to express. 89-0-1. And he, he went his Oh, I'm sorry. His eight, his record was 89-0-1 going into his first loss. He had a 87-fight uh, win streak until the uh, the draw with Sweet Pea. Yo, let me see what his total record was. B, whatever you were saying, they got you again, and you, you cut out. So what were you he saying about the ball? He might be going again. Damn, He got him again. I was, I was saying if, if he fought professionally 90 times – that means he probably fought over 377 times in his life. Oh, no, yeah, because he, he, he fought more than that. The record that I that I put out there, that was his record before his first loss. Um, I mean, and total I record. understand that, to, be, to be honest with you, that one that one draw, that, that Sweet Pea beat, but, I mean, Sweet Pea's always been cheated, though. Yo, he fought 115 times. His, his record was 107, 6, and 2. And he won 86 fights by knockout. I mean, Julio Cesar Chavo is definitely one of the greatest boxers to ever live. You don't seem to hear Way his better name. than Floyd. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> shout out to the homie on his birthday. Yo. Um, oh, last birthday shout out. I want to get an OG a shout out. That's Paul Salas, man. Paul Salas turned 75. Salute to Paul Salas. Just Paul Salas. We'd like to give a big warm salute. Everybody on their birthday or their birthday week. So salute to you three gentlemen. My birthday, yay! Salute. All right, and before we get into some more of these hot topics from terrible people and get to this phone line, y'all know the drill. Y'all can uh, give us a quick uh, shout out on the website at warroomsports.com. You know, while you're on the website, take your time, look around, see everything we have to offer. Um, information about getting in touch with us on the website, information about buying War Room Sports merchandise, listening to uh, archive episodes of the podcast, uh, everything you need, um, even if you want to get it in with the betting on my 
Kentucky. If you want to buy tickets to sporting events, you can do all of that on our website. So check out warroomsports.com. But right now, if you want to talk to us, uh, make sure you get in the JW Philly Realty chat room. That's blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. Uh, if you want to get in there, just sign up for a free profile on Blog Talk Radio. If you don't have one or if you don't want one, uh, you can sign into your Facebook and Twitter accounts. But while you're at it, make sure you click follow because that'll get you reminders and updates about the show every week. If you want to call in and speak with us directly, dial the Digital Extreme Technologies hotline, which is now open. That number is 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted. But if you already happen to be listening from your phone and you decide that you want to get in on the conversation, just press 1. That'll uh, basically raise your hand, and we'll try to get to you as quickly as possible. So let's get into these hot topics um, hot topics are brought to you by my bookie, which I just mentioned. Let's talk. Let's talk money real quick before we get to these calls. Um, you guys can make bets on sports contests at mybookie.ag. Uh, we know the FIFA World Cup is definitely winding down at this point, but if you haven't checked them out yet, I mean, you have that. You have Wimbledon going on. You have just everyday baseball. Whatever you want to bet on, just join thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. If you're tired of getting a runaround wherever it is that you bet, when it's time for that payout, that's why we urge you to switch over, put your money into mybookie. You win, they pay real fast, no hassle. You're wasting your time sports betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting, and none of us here on the show have actually <laughs> been able to figure out how this works. But they have it. They have in-game live betting, so you can place wagers after tip-off, kick-off, face-off. So join now, and my bookie will match your first deposit with a 50% bonus. Just use promo code WARROOM, all caps. To activate the offer, visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, and get your money, period. So let's uh, go to these phone lines real quick before we get into some more topics from the terrible people from a terrible week. We got the homie. Tobias on the line. Tobias, what's going on, dog? Roll Tide. Roll, roll Tide. <laughs> roll down Tide. Never let me down. That's all I got to say. Get ready for the Roll Tide in- Invitational this year. What's going on, fellas? They, they let you down once or twice. But <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Hey, what's going hey, on, man? Man, hey, on, on your betting site, you need to have an over-under. Will Luke Walton make it a Halloween? Uh, <laughs> I don't think he's making it a Halloween. Damn, Halloween. <laughs> yeah. You can during the preseason. <laughs> hey, but I'll just Halloween kidding. I'm kidding. Game one. <laughs> hey, it, it might happen, though. It's a lot of pressure on this young coach. I mean, you are hey. now coaching the king who was actually drafted in the same draft as you. So you were an afterthought when he was drafted. You might end up being an afterthought when, when you're coaching him. He's still an afterthought. <laughs> I know, but it's his opportunity. And uh, but I want to touch on something real quick. I put in the group chat. I remember last year, Lashawn McCoy, good old Shady, had his little uh, had his Cam Newton hat on, tap dancing, said Ka- Kaepernick was not good enough to be worth the distraction. Boy, how time how time changes in a year. Boy, I tell you that thirty year old running back. May be going to court for a domestic violence charge, and he may be out the league. <laughs> so he ain't worth a distraction right now either. Boy, you got love how that's a story we're going to. Uh, that's a story we're going to 
touch on a little later in the show, but no, you're right. Because I saw um, a lot of support that he could have from people on social media. That support is kind of going by the wayside because everybody's bringing that up. It's like, oh, you know, when, when Kaepernick needed support, you had some adverse things to say. You know, now he finds himself in a situation. I mean, that's kind of why you know, it is with, uh, with the 24-hour news cycle, social media. Like, you always have to watch what you say, watch what you type, watch just everything you do because the tide will quickly turn. Like, Jimmy shows us every week when something happens to somebody or if somebody just does something that they even think is positive, people will not hesitate to go back in time to dredge up something that you said or something that you wrote, you can just you can just be signing with Yo, a new team. Kevin Durant, I want to get that's a one of the, that's one of the greatest parts. Bring up that he said that's one of the greatest parts. That's one of the greatest parts of draft night at this point. A draft night, every time <laughs> like NBA draft night comes out or right. NFL draft night, Twitter lives forever. What, yeah, what old tweet am I sent out? Twitter lives now, forever. Because take 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 LeBron's situation for instance. Kyle Kuzma, I don't know if y'all have been noticing over the past week and a half since LeBron signed there, Kyle Kuzma has been the biggest LeBron ass kisser that there is on the West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> that's Kyle Kuzma had a very, very personal tweet about LeBron James back in 2012. And if I'm LeBron, By his hair I don't line. care how good this he is. He's not playing on this team. You gone. Yeah. <laughs> He talks he about Delon- he talks he about Delonte piping down his mom. Right, 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 Whoa. right. Come on, man, you can't go there. I but I but I don't know, you know, if LeBron is as vengeful as some other people. You know what he could be doing. You know he could be waiting till like the eve of the season <laughs> to make magic pull the trigger on doing something. That would be crazy because he could be <laughs> real excited about playing with the king, doing all his public slurping, and then the night before the season starts. Cool. You up out of there. I wouldn't even sit in the Sacramento. Um, you know, even though that's like five, six hours to the coast, I wouldn't even sit in the Sacramento, Tobias. I send them somewhere crazy. Like, I don't know. Right, I, I, I can't think of Utah or Orlando, so we're dead. Uh, most ironic, <laughs> most ironic would be to just send them to Cleveland. <laughs> I'll hey, make sure he went hey, to Cleveland. Hey, I'm going to say, send them to Chicago. So Chicago, we love pay, overpaying light-skinned cats who all they can do is jump high. Uh, but, like, sending them to, like, an OKC, you, you think of that as a bad town that you don't want to live in, but he could actually help them, and they could be pretty good. they end up being better than the Lakers if he went there. Yeah, but hey, you, know, <laughs> you got to send them somewhere <laughs> terrible. But even Chicago and, and the way y'all are formed right now still – it's too much fun. There's too much to do in Chicago. That's not a punishment. Yeah, That's fun, fun for Zach week. Levine, not fun for me. But all I got to say is uh, – uh, To the Idaho team you, in the D-League. You know what? G-League. Hey, like, before I get on this, the Bulls being stupid again, uh, even though I think Wendell Carter would be a nice player. But, uh, you know, Kyle Kuz is a nice player, but I think he's fallen to, like, sometimes where you drafted, expectations. So he had no expectations. So he had a nice year. So everybody's hyping him up. He may just be a good six man. No shame in that. You have a good career. But since yeah, he but I mean, it, I don't no. see. I mean, uh, well, how do you see though? I don't see anybody over hyping him. No one's saying that he's going to be a, a star. No, it's not. He, he nobody talks about him the way they talk about Jason Tatum. 
I mean, <laughs> right. in, the, in the regular season, he better than in the regular Hill season, he actually, yo, but in the regular season, Kuzma had better numbers than Tatum, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah and so uh, what I'm did. saying is that, now I'm talking about like expect, see, it's sometimes like if he if he averaged like let's say eight points a game, no one would be saying, oh, he's trash. I just think that he exceeded expectations could be a nice player. But that shows like in the NBA, it's funny how this works in the NBA draft. Like the Bulls got Wendell Carter. I think he's going to be a nice player, but he wasn't hyped those number one pick. He may get those gems a lot of times, and they end up going to the right situation. Then you I, may I, get I, mean, Tobias, I feel what you're trying to say, but yeah. even at his particular draft position, like what he did in his rookie season, if he was a top five pick, he would have still, you know, balled yeah. out. Kuz was like, you know, top four in rookie of the year voting, first team all rookie. So, I, you know, I don't think it's just because he exceeded the expectations because, you know, if, if he was the number seven pick, he still would have exceeded expectations. Hell, Larry Markin exceeded my expectations last year. Markin exceeded my expectations last year, to be honest. So, yeah, but uh, I don't see the hype behind Kuz in the way you're saying. People are saying that he could be a player in the league because I think – when you're picked where he was picked, no one knows whether you'll even be in the league in a year. So, you know what, though? But I don't see any hype. I don't, Tobias I don't is in our group. So, we probably talk about Kuzma more than most people. <laughs> yeah, but we, that, 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 that's tongue-in-cheek. That's tongue-in-cheek tongue call. <laughs> you know what, though? Is, I got to say this, though. Uh, I got to say this. The Chicago Bulls are still stupid. The Chicago Bulls are stupid. Now they want to spend money. This team is the team, the third most valuable franchise in the NBA, third largest media market in the country. They most of the time they run the team like like they Oklahoma City. Well, not Oklahoma City. Let's just say they don't want to be cheap now, but they want to be cheap. You know, they didn't want to pay ten thousand dollars to go to an overseas combine, and they want to give a guy Zach Levine. Get this, last year he had more missed shots than assists, steals. Rebound, steals, and block combined. He don't do that. He can't even shoot. Hold on, hold on, bro. Y'all got to stop calling OKC cheap. They have record numbers. Yeah, there's no way you can call them cheap no more. (laughs) Hold on, though. You can be honest. Tobias, I told you before, Chicago Bulls, one of the worst franchises in the history of sports. They just happened to get lucky the year Jordan came out. They got lucky. And they shouldn't even have got lucky then because, I mean, you know, um, we can argue this all day long, but if Portland would have took Jordan like, you know, Bobby Knight told him to, then you, you probably wouldn't even be a Bulls fan. Like, Chicago probably a Atlanta stinks. Hawks fan. That's even worse. <laughs> Chicago, <laughs> Chicago, <laughs> Chicago stinks. They got one you lucky more with, with Phil and Mike. <laughs> they got one lucky with Phil and Mike. Now it's back to normal. Everything always reverses to the mean, right? So, therefore, you, you, your Bulls are being who the Bulls are. The Bulls are who we thought they were. That's the thing. I mean, Jim, would you say it's the same thing for San Antonio? Even though they stay oh, they competitive way, longer bro. than people they think? They're going way. Tim Duncan gone. I can't wait, like, too. Championship run is over, I believe. I can't wait. You know what I, I think, though? Even back though Tim ain't like, helped much with the last one. but And, and, and Pop, <laughs> no, too. Pop on his way. Pop, like, I'm out of here. I ain't going to deal with this. Like, I, I, I can't with this. I'll lose you out of here, to be honest. He's going to call Brian Hill, give him his job back, Jim. Yeah, he's like, I think I can. I'm going to make a man. I'm going to make a man. You know what, though? Here's the funny part, though. And it's like, I think like Bill Simmons, somebody's talking about it on a podcast. 
with like players now not necessarily looking at cities, they're looking at front offices and how teams are run. So a team like got bad front offices, the Bulls got a terrible front office, by the way. Uh I don't, you know, know, but I don't necessarily believe that. I, I mean, I don't believe that because it's, it's I mean, you it, think LeBron looked at Cleveland front office? Like, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I don't know about how much people look at front office. I think it's just an amalgamation of things. I don't think they care about front office. These, these players don't care about front offices no more because they do what you know, they want to do anyway. Here's the thing I think. Though. I think it's part of it. depends on the type of player, like the ones who are judged by championships. Most and probably not even ten players in this league who are judged by championships. Hell, I don't think it's five uh, who are who like are judged based on championships. But uh, I, I think somebody, yeah, somebody like a LeBron will look at that. But at the same time, in all fairness, Cleveland did everything they could, and it was hard to say get Paul George a commit if LeBron didn't want to commit because dudes ain't trying to live in Cleveland unless they know the Kane gonna be there for a couple more years. <laughs> yeah, but LeBron, LeBron, LeBron made his decision. It really had nothing to do with basketball. And if you look at the, he team, made it last year since he's been a Laker. Since he's been a Laker, LeBron has been out there handling business. They said LeBron's been closed like four deals already that have nothing to do with basketball. It's everything to do with business. He, they said he um oh. he sold a script. He uh, closed another movie deal. I'm reading the articles like, yo, what about basketball? He's gonna you be know in what? some I of think, these I things think you guys got to go. You're gonna be yeah, in the movie. I know you guys. I know you guys got to go, but I'll say this. And so that's where it was like, no matter what, he was going to leave anyway. But it's okay. He got 11 years out the guy. He had a championship. He got some good runs out of him. So I can't even blame Dan, Dan Gilbert for this because the man wants to live in L.A. and do other things. The man going to retire in probably four years. That's okay. Everybody's making it like he failed. They did everything they could do for the man. And, and they got a championship Listen, man, out of it. You you brought Cleveland a championship, dog. Like they good. The, the Cavaliers have never had a championship ever in the history of their life. So at this point, he don't owe them nothing. No, I think he. I think he's playing past four By then, he might be like part time. You know, when people go in yeah. a couple couple hours on the weekend to their jobs, I think it's gonna be Brian. <laughs> he yeah, he won't it, play it, when you feel like it. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> you know what? And, and like the thing is. He got a championship. That's good. The owner's like, cool. So when he sells a team with LeBron in 10 years, hey, he'll make a nice little profit off of it. Oh, yes, and I'll say this also, people. Uh, the Papa John's guy. <laughs> I wonder if J.J. Watt guy. I don't know if he will Papa John. I know he hang out with the guy. I know Peyton Manning conveniently sold his Papa John's a while back, conveniently, at perfect timing, of course. So I just want people to know. The beauty, like I said this before I go, like this protest and the Trump administration, the beauty of it is it's showing you how people really think about black people in this country. And even though you're an athlete, the thing I will say is that even though you may be a million-dollar athlete, you're still the employee. They don't want my, my you to thing, be the owner. All right. That's what's up, Tobias. We're going uh, to get out of here. We're going to talk to you next Roll week. Time, you know, we fellas. appreciate your call. Roll Tide. Uh, you the only thing that I have to say to, to what he just said, like if you needed the Trump administration and everybody loose at the lips, like if you needed that to know how they felt about you, then you would sleep the whole time anyway. <laughs> I mean, like, Spike, even if Mike Lee told you. If, if nobody's ever said you, a ice, racist thing to your face, ice cube told don't you. get comfortable. Right. Like, yeah, like, come on, man. If you needed that for, for confirmation, 
and you fell asleep. Three hundred and sixty degree basketball slam dunking. <laughs> um, real quick, B. No, Bull caught him. spear chucking. Three hundred and sixty degree <laughs> basketball slam dunking. Yo, he says spear chucking. Come on, cuz. Um, hey, B. The, the semifinals of the World Cup is going on, right? Who's a part of that? Yes, yeah, sir. You got uh, France will be playing Croatia for the uh, the title game, and Belgium oh, will end up playing England for the, for the third place game. Oh uh, yeah, I wasn't sure about that one. Um, I, and, and even bigger news, you know, because that you know whatever's going to happen, yeah. that's going to go down. Your man <laughs> Ronaldo has decided to switch clubs. Um, yes, how sir. big of a deal is that? I've heard like the whole Huge. soccer world like on his head Max- because of this. Maximum uh, huge news with Cristiano Ronaldo going to Juventus because here's the thing: they want him to be old, and it's like everybody's like, "Yo, he's 33. He's gonna fall off. He's falling off." And you're looking at you know there's certain aspects of his game where. He doesn't play on the wing and run as much, but he still scored 44 goals last season. <laughs> 44. So it's hard to argue that he's fallen off. And Real Madrid are basically like, look, we don't want to keep – every time Ronaldo cries or whines, they just give him more money. And they're finally like, look, you're 33. We know you haven't fallen off, but we need to get rid of you before you do fall off and we're stuck with an aging superstar that's making $35 million a year. So it's good for them. It was 100 million pounds. 100, 100 million pounds, so about $130 million transfer fee. His wages will be uh, $30 million a season, which I didn't even know Juventus had that type of money. Um, he's going to a good club, a good squad. They have two guys – that are very good at what he used to do, which is play on the wing and beat people out wide with speed. He is now, he plays in the box in front of the goal as a striker, and he's just going to get served balls, pause, and (laughs) score goals. (laughs) That's his issue if he getting served balls. Um, Last thing, I heard that another part of the move, and this is speculation that people are saying, He's doing it because he's obsessed with trying to be better than Messi. You know, he wants to be able to say he did it in England, Spain, Italy, Portugal, and, and now this movie. Um, so he's trying to, you know, add to that, to that lore of him possibly being better than Messi in the long run. Anything that uh, I, I don't, I don't, eh, I don't think it's that. I, I think in the grand scheme of things. He just wants to have bragging rights to say, listen, I was the most dominant player in the world in England. I was the most dominant player in the world in Spain, and now I did it in Italy. I don't think it's specifically about Messi, though. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, in other news, what um, Tobias had just brought up, the CEO of Papa John, John Schnatter, resigns as chairman of the board after using the N-word and – conference call. Now, the reason we put this with sports news is because, you know, the whole, the way he asserted, inserted himself into the whole situation last year with the NFL players kneeling, 
being that Papa John's is a huge sponsor of the NFL, um, he basically saying that the whole uh, situation in the NFL was bad for business. So he started taking heat around that time. So now uh, he had apologized for using a racial slur on a conference call. Um, and now after a lot of pressure, he's resigning. He's stepping down from that. Now, do any of you guys have the context on which he used the word? Like, what was going no. on in the conference call? From what I heard, what I heard, he was making an analogy. He was saying, like, what I did wasn't bad because uh, Colonel Sanders literally called, like, black people niggas. Excuse me, I'm sorry. The N-word. Um, so he, he said... So, no, sorry, you can so use he, it. He said that Colonel Sanders called black people that? That's what I read online. They said that he was making the analogy. He was saying... He was basically trying to say... What what he did really wasn't that bad. He was he was right because I see a, a he said regardless of context, I apologize. Um, yeah, so in context, he wasn't saying hey you guys are this. He was that Colonel Sanders is on record and documented as calling him this. Okay, but people still like support his restaurant, and he didn't get in this. He didn't get in the hot water the same way I did. Basically, the same. You're right. You're right. Because that's what I'm seeing in this article. It says Colonel Sanders, Sanders called, you know, used the N word while complaining. Well, yeah, he was. Yeah, he 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 said he used it in the past without being subjected to public backlash. He also reflected on his childhood in Indiana, saying people used to drag African Americans from trucks until they died, according to Forbes. Um, this this is kind of crazy. You know, what I'm saying he owns. Roughly 30% of Papa John's. His steak was worth about $622 million. Um, they said with the company stock dropping, <laughs> it's valued at like $479 million at the close of trading on Wednesday. Like, if that was what happened on that conference call, I, I think it's pretty much an overreaction. Um, because, you know, my, my whole thing. I heard people all week coming on like, what y'all think about Papa John's now? And this and that, like, okay, I'm hearing that without context. (laughs) Now, hearing somebody say something like that without, right, like, but but hearing people, (laughs) like, if I think about people asking that question and that, you know, just like that, and now I actually know what actually happened, I'm like, really? (laughs) That's what we, like, he's racist because he was saying how somebody else said this and didn't get in trouble. I mean, he could be racist for a whole lot of reasons, but probably I, I is. But that's not a reason for him to lose his company. Right. Yeah, it seems a little a little weird. And what I, well, here, what I here, but but see now here's the flip side of that though, right? So let's just say for argument, and, and I guess this is the thing with your company being public versus keeping it private. You, once you invite investors in, and you have big time like um big-time companies and big-time pension funds that own a majority of your company, like, they don't care whether you're right or wrong because for them, it doesn't matter. They don't, they don't care that you said the N-word. What they care about is the stock price going down. So Public, yeah, public share perception and yeah. emotion yeah. impact so, and share. So, yeah, exactly. So Yeah, no, no, because like, I, I understand that, Jimmy, because I'm not, I'm not talking about those people. I'm just talking about the people, you know, that's actually giving the back to people who put the pressure on the company and, you know, has the stock price drop like that it's like yeah yeah that's just i don't know i don't, I don't want to defend the dude because i don't I, know I, I, to, I totally, I totally get what you're saying you're saying that it was kind of an overreaction 
Um, but this right. is a danger. And, and see, I guess I understand what you're saying, but I don't feel any pity at all because they're the ones that created this environment that allowed it to happen. So good for good for you. Now you lost. Right. I mean, you blame the ancestors for making that word what it is. And so also, right. um, and he could have been smarter. Is like that. He could have actually said N word. He could have said Colonel Sanders. But here's called the thing, though. And it also sounds like he had to say. And it also nigga. sounds like to, to me, instead of accepting responsibility for what you did. You were just like the other boy trying to get pity. Oh, well, I didn't. At least I didn't do this. At least I didn't do that. Like, mm-hmm. so now, I mean, FOH, because it sounds like you yeah. still were trying to. I didn't pictures. hear that. All I saw was he said, regardless of context, I, I apologize. So that might have been after he was saying all that stuff that you said. <laughs> he probably finally just broke down. Somebody's like, look, man, just apologize. <laughs> Yo, Stop Colonel me. Sanders is like straight calling us monkeys, but at the same time, like, he's banging with his chicken so heavy, it didn't even matter. <laughs> we kept dude in business. Damn shame. <laughs> Yo, we kept dude in business. I ain't never seen a white person in KFC, but that's either here nor Yo. All right, so look, among all of this news of terrible people, we're going to get back to some more terrible people and terrible stuff. Um, we got to give a shout-out to ex-New York Giant Justin Tuck because after he finished his playing career in 2015, he went back to school. Um, you know, and he wasn't just a marginal player. This dude recorded 66 and a half sacks in his uh, career, two-time Super Bowl champion, nine seasons with the team. Um, he went back to school, and not just school. This man went back to the most prestigious business school that America has to offer. Um, He went to the Wharton School of Business at the University of Pennsylvania, got his MBA, and now he has a VP. He's landed a VP position at Goldman Sachs. Um, So I'm going to give him a shout for that, man. There's there's life after football for for a lot of these guys if they, they put in the effort and put in the work that they, you know, that they have to to get to where they want to go. Okay, any thoughts on that? No, it, it, I, actually, it just makes me check myself every time I see a beautiful story like this because the story was impressive, and you see how hard he worked outside of uh, football because I fall victim to the same thing too putting athletes in a box. And it's crazy because right. no one wants to put, like, no, we don't want people to put us in a box, but, you know, society has it where when we think of an athlete, we think it's like, yo, shut up and dribble. Even if mm-hmm. even if we're, we say we're against that, some, it's subconsciously. We're still like, money fast. that impressed by this. Yeah, the fact that we're that impressed by this is proof positive that what we really think. But, you know, so what I try ex- to catch myself by it. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just expect so. them to be broken a couple of years and, like, you know, hear a bad story about <laughs> <Yo>. it. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Like, I, I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to check myself in saying that because I was proud when I read it. So I was like, okay, that's what's up. Go ahead. But sometimes yeah, so gonna be... it's sort of like when you see somebody – like it'd be awesome. It's sort of like when you see somebody, right? And you see him like spending time with their kid and being a good father. That's what's up. Why did be a good father? You're like, idiot, right. what are you supposed to do? <laughs> like, so sometimes, like, that shouldn't even turn your head. You that should be yourself. what you used to seeing in society. Yeah, so, so we I really don't do that myself. with mothers. So this story, Look at her being a great mother. Reading this story made me check myself. Chickity check yourself. You know what? I, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Oh, they coming to get you, B. Yo, they are not like, messing with B. Austin this evening, cuz. He don't know that. He's yeah, still not, talking. Yeah, he's he letting his hands go. Anyway. He has no idea what he's saying. 
So he's going to be a vice president in the private wealth management division um, at check. Goldman Sachs. Yeah, that's better now. So they, they said only 3% of the 300,000 annual applicants ultimately get hired by the firm. Now, you know, now I ain't going to sit in here in front like him being Justin Tuckney has something to do with it. But at <laughs> the same time, all about he got a nice position. So shout out to him. If you beat they're out. They're trying to make him Spencer know. on our ballers. Like, you're trying to be the new, uh, like, The Rock. What's his name? Spencer, whatever his last name is on there. <laughs> you watch that show, Dad's Ballers? I do, but, you know, I'm behind since I cut off my movie channel. Yeah, I, I got to watch it through illegal ways. <laughs> and I can't, um, I can't find my... Probably, but I'm behind as well. I got a device that I use for all of that stuff. I can't find that, Jim. So I got to catch up on that. <laughs> no comment. I got to catch up on... I got to catch up on the first couple episodes of Power before everybody tell me every line, line for line. Yeah. All right. So shout out to shout out to Justin Tuck. I don't know what be off and get tow trucked in this jam. All right. So uh, back to the terrible people and the terrible things, man. Probably the biggest story of the week. Uh, Lashawn McCoy's ex girlfriend was was victim to a home invasion in his home down in Georgia. Um, man, they broke into their home about three, almost three thirty a.m. They really put a beating on this woman. The photos are, are hideous. Um, she was pistol whipped, uh, robbed of specific jewelry pieces. And when it first happened, her friend got on the Twitter, showed the photo of a bloody, swollen face, Delicia Cordon um, is her name. And her message is basically saying, this is what Shady McCoy did to my best friend. Uh, let me find it. She said, uh, I can't believe you did this to my best friend. Your karma is going to be so real. We didn't say anything about how you beat your dog Henny in the kidney failure. Damn. Um, let's not talk about the times my best friend had to stop you from beating your son for small things like peeing in his head. We kept quiet about your drug usage. Um, and, and she alluded to, to PEDs. Um, he came out later that day and said, for the record, the totally baseless and offensive claims made against me are completely false. Furthermore, I have not had any direct contact with any of the people involved in months. So it was factual that Shady McCoy was not in Georgia at the time that this happened, but a lot of details about their relationship as of late started to come out. So it still puts him at the very top of the list as being a suspect of you know, at least setting this up. And she's alluded to that, um, that she's finally talking from the hospital that she believes that the home invasion was a possible setup by him because apparently he's been trying to evict her from his residence for the past few months and she won't leave. Um, actually, a, a couple of months ago, his family, um, some movers, some other people, they were down there actually packing up her stuff and they were going to forcefully evict her from the house. She saw all this going on from the uh, home security system, from the video cameras. You know, you could look at them remotely. And she called the police, and the police stopped it. So after that, he allegedly changed the security system, didn't give her access to it. So now he can watch the house remotely, and, and she can't. So that part is not looking good on, on Shady in this situation. What are, you, what are y'all thoughts? This whole thing, like from when you first saw Man, it, to when so, a lot of these 
details of their relationship started to surface. There's so many thoughts to this. Like there, there's so there's so many thoughts to this. Like first of all, if he did this, he's a scumbag, and he deserves whatever is coming to him. If he did this, um, on her behalf, like, and I don't want to victim blame, but I'm reading like, some of these stories, and I'm like, okay, just leave his house for one. But I don't want to victim blame. I gotta say that because. She didn't deserve what happened to her. But when you sit there and tell me that you didn't say anything about him beating his son or murdering his dog or beating up pretty much everybody else, like, huh? Right. You didn't say anything when you – and then you named 97 things that he did that just makes him a terrible human being to begin with. It's okay right. if he abuses his boy. As long as you don't touch me, we good. Huh? I don't get you that. Dumb, but again so – he- Karma is real, so he if, if he did what she said he did, and if he did what he said he did to his dog and to his son and all that, he's gonna get what's coming to him. Like I, I'm a, I'm a believer in energy, and that energy is gonna come back to him, and he's not gonna like it. I mean, his career is probably over, whether he even did it or not, just based upon because here here's what's crazy, man. Perception and reputation sometimes are um, you know more serious than fact. I saw that in a documentary yesterday. But it had to right. read that bar. So shout out to whoever made that bar. I forgot the bar. But perception, he said perception and reputation sometimes are more powerful than what's actually fact. And Shady doesn't have the best reputation. Let's just keep it a buck. He doesn't. Right. And some of these allegations are so disturbing. And her picture was so disturbing. But, and, and again, I don't want a victim blame. But some of the stuff she said, like, really? It's crazy. Now, this is some of the stuff that they, because that tweet has been deleted since then, because the tweet makes it, you know, it implies direct contact, like he did this, like he beat her. You know what I'm saying? And I guess once that was ruled out, I don't know if her friend just threw it up there. Maybe she was in the hospital unconscious and she couldn't really tell the friend something. Maybe knowing their relationship and how volatile it was, she just automatically assumed that it was him. Maybe there were some threats going on. I don't know. But what they're saying now that she is talking, she feels like it was a setup because when they broke up, all he wanted, he kept asking her, was for this expensive jewelry that he bought. So apparently this intruder, you know, was asking for specific pieces while he's riding. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like, yo, even if you did do this, you can't be that stupid or hire somebody that stupid where they're going to go in and ask her for the exact pieces that you've been trying to get back instead of just saying, give me all your jewelry, all your money, whatever valuable you have in the house. You know what I'm saying? So listen, man. she said that. And then she just, said the intruder ran out of the front of the house. Stupid. Right. But listen, Jim, she said there's no camera in the front of the house and he would be the only one to know that. So after he did, you know, all he did, he ran out of the front of the house. I mean, that's kind of shaky. You know, I'm, I'm not a lawyer. You know, I just, watch a lot of TV, but that's kind of shaky in itself because, you know what I'm saying, he most likely came in the front door. You know, maybe that's you know, going back out the front door. That that part just wouldn't hold that much weight to me. Like, him knowing it's not a, a camera out front. Like, where else would he run out? Like, most of the time. Mm-hmm. But, so, so that part, you know, didn't sound too suspicious, but I think where Shady is going to get in trouble is just the fact that you know, if they believe, if they can get a jury to believe that, you know, he had been pressing her for this jewelry, he had been pressing her to get out of the house, 
you know, this could absolutely look like a setup, but if you had if you had that in you to get this done and leave that woman bruised and battered the way you did, like you're a POS dog. And this is Yo, allegedly. I, yeah, it's all allegedly. I just like <laughs> this is crazy cuz it's crazy because I'm like I'm sitting there thinking about it. like you can't be that stupid. Also, like you're also a terrible criminal. This is the case because first of all, the great American poet um, Tretch from Naughty by Nature once said, "You do your dirt all by your lonely." Because if you didn't do this, and you set this up, and they catch this person, which they more than likely will. What do you think they're gonna do to first? Yo, if they catch the person and you didn't have anything to do with it, they're gonna be like, "Yo, shady shit." Yeah. Because you're the yeah, fish. Public opinion. He's already done. As far as that's concerned, yeah, he's done. Oh, but outside and now, of public opinion, if, if, let, let's just say somebody else did this and they catch them and they, they see the story that's happening, they're gonna be like, "Yo, shady this." They're gonna blame him anyway. Right. And that's the thing. Like, even I guess with with the relationship the, the the that they've had over the past months, like it seems to me, without any concrete evidence, they're hard pressed to link him to this, whether he did it or not. So they're going to release every negative thing he's ever said, done, any threats, anything that, you know, he said to her that would make him look like a potential suspect in this, they're going to let that out. I mean, you saw the first thing mm-hmm. they did, the first thing her girlfriend did was to tweet out the photo and say that he abused, you know, he, he did this to my to my girlfriend. There was no context. Nowhere in that Instagram post did it say she was the victim of a home invasion, and it wasn't him that actually did this. So, they, yeah, they they gonna do everything they can to, to sully his name. And I don't think, and I damn sure, I mean, I, I I would hope nobody would do this to a, a woman or anybody anyway. But I I damn sure hope they don't have any children again. I know she has children, but I don't believe they're his children because you damn sure wouldn't do that to your your. Your baby's mother, even if you were some evil. <laughs> Tell that to Ray Carew. Yeah, I guess people people would, but that makes it even worse. If 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 there's even levels and degrees to this, that would make it even worse. Tell that to Tell that to OJ. No, ma. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, that that that's crazy. And on top of that, Brandon Browner, former cornerback for the Legion of Boom, Seattle uh, Seahawks, he's been accused of breaking into his ex-girlfriend's apartment in Laverne, California, where he allegedly chased her, dragged her, and smothered her in the carpet while her two children were present. So he's now being charged with attempted murder, and they said he also stole her watch, her Rolex, worth approximately $20,000 before fleeing the scene. Um, so he's been charged with attempted murder, first degree residential robbery, robbery first degree burglary, um, person present, and false imprisonment. <laughs> and he also faces two misdemeanor counts of cruelty to a child. Jimmy, WTF, man. Yo. <laughs> yo. WTF, man. What is going on here? These people, yo? And then tried to steal the watch. So here I go. We got to speculate again on this because we're not there. We don't know what these guys are thinking. Like, do you try to steal the watch because you think there's a chance they don't know who it was and it could be looked at as a burglary attempt? 
Or is Brandon Browner struggling right now? He's in feelings, man. Yeah, is he on that yam-yam somewhere and he needs some money? But, like, why are you trying to steal her watch after you tried to kill her? I'm pretty sure, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. The speculation is crazy because sometimes you just can't fathom where somebody's head is when they're doing stuff like this. Maybe this goes back to CTE. Yo, that's, football players automatically got something to blame. Like, Shady going to blame CTE real fast. Like, Cat automatically got something to blame when it comes to, uh, yeah. you know. Shady seemed like that's solid, he'll, man. He'll put that right in his defense. <laughs> Yo, didn't Shady get into a rumble with a bunch of cops recently, too? Like, last year, the year before, something like that? Shady? Yeah. In the club. In in like a, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, he, he yeah, he was Shady. Okay. He got off on that one. Um, yeah, shout out to Scott yeah, okay. He had a question from the last conversation He said who's the former Milwaukee, Milwaukee Bucks player Bench warmer That's worth like 600 million dollars Owning Wendy's franchises Because we were talking oh, about that's uh, the, um, Papa John Oh what's his name um, oh, I, know he, I know who he's talking about cause I, I What's the Calderon Just because he played for a million teams I just assume he played for the Bucks. Remember we, thought, remember we thought Calderon was a billionaire? <laughs> I don't know yeah, where that's yeah. Oh, um, I know the boy's Bridge. name because his name is Bridgman. Um, J- Junior Bridgman. Junior Bridgman. Uh, Junior yeah, Bridgman. Junior Bridgman the brother's name. Yeah, Junior Bridgman. He owns a bunch of like Wendy's and whatnot. The ball worth like uh, several million at this point, and he wasn't even a star player. Like, but he was very savvy. So that's shady. That's Brandon Browner. Um, just further giving us material for this this week of terrible people. Um, go to something else. This is not really terrible people. Just maybe the 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 document in question was a little bit terrible. So, JBA, Levar Ball's basketball league, has announced that. Leangelo Ball is finally going to swallow his pride <laughs> and join the Los Angeles team of the JBA, you know, after not getting any attention from NBA teams during the draft. But the ironic part about this is that, you know, the JBA put out a press release announcing that Leangelo Ball was going to join the Los Angeles Ballers. And if you guys haven't read this or haven't heard this, I'm going to read it real fast. And, you know, if you're not, you know, maybe you can call in or, or talk to us through the uh, the chat room or Facebook or Twitter or something. I want you guys to tell me who you think may have written this press release. All right, so the, the press release, the title, Leangelo Ball to join Los Angeles Ballers, JBA League first round recap. Los Angeles, if you thought the first round of JBA League games were exciting, then you have seen nothing yet with round two. The JBA has exceeded expectations with teams virtually even in the standings. The Los Angeles Ballers, who were one of the favorites to win the JBA title, fell into a funk and have added an interesting piece to their squad. After NBA teams surprisingly passed on Leangelo Ball, he went to work out and give teams that passed him a show. After seeing the competitiveness of the JBA and the talent level, Leangelo made the decision to join the Los Angeles Ballers along with younger brother LaMelo and was present for his first practice this past Saturday. Quote, I just want to win for the team, Leangelo said. That's all I want to do, win. I'm trying to play ball, and I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get better every day. Yo, Jimmy, if all right, you so, can, all right. ain't right that. 
that don't even sound like a press release, first of all. Like the language in it. Not at all. Not at all. First all right. off, LiAngelo disrespected your leave like a week before saying that's a step down and like, that's not what he's trying to do. And, and this week later, it's like the competition is so high. This is where I have to be. Like, so much right. going on that's wrong with that. And it's com- it's yeah. very comical, man. Like, VAR got to chill for one. Um, for two, you start a league and you just happen to put both sons on the same team in Los Angeles in their hometown. Like, really? That's how right. you're doing it? But, but just, he's like, all my kids going to play for L.A. one way or another. Let's comb back through this real quick and and, and read the, the hype line. No, if, if they didn't, if they weren't written directly by LeVar Ball, he dictated to whoever was writing this. First of all, if you thought the first round of JBA League games were exciting, then you have seen nothing yet with round two. So every report Nobody we've seen about they that, were exciting. that it was trash and a half. <laughs> like, there's not a lot of people, considering that anytime you see a clip of it, it's like 14 people in the arena. Not a lot of people thought they were exciting. Then he said the JBA has exceeded expectations with teams virtually even in the and They've exceeded expectations, and they must have thought this was going to be, like, total response or positive image. Uh, Philly Summer League from, from back in the day. Like, they must have thought they were going to have like 500 capacity stadiums like Gustine Lake, Finley. Like, what expectations have they exceeded? They don't have a damn person in the league whose name anybody knows beyond LaMelo Ball. And you know why we know his name. So that, that's, that's, that's another one. Pete, this in, Jimmy. The Los Angeles Ballers, who were one of the favorites to win the JBA title. Why? Because you, because the Mellow's on there? <laughs> they were one of the favorites. They fell into a funk and have added an interesting piece to their squad. Here's the capper. The after NBA teams <coughs> excuse me, surprisingly passed on Leangelo Ball. Jimmy, how long was it where people publicly <laughs> that the Angelo Ball was getting no attention and was not going to get drafted. Surprisingly, <laughs> I love LeVar Ball. What's surprising man. about it, beloved? <laughs> that, that's my dude, man. All right, man. We're going to leave Uncle Long. He got to chill. Him and let him live in his world. That's hilarious, though. Because you, you can tell. like He got to chill. He probably dictated it. Like Tina probably wrote that, Joe. He just told her what to say. But um, shout out to him, man. Marketing master. Marketing master. LeVar Ball strikes again. All right. So let's see what else we got here in this week of terrible people. Um, I got nothing, man. We can do some NBA talk. But real quick, I just want to give you the quick stat of the week. And the stat of the week is basically a comparison between one great wide receiver, probably the greatest wide receiver of all time, who Jimmy no longer acknowledges because of the chicken wing incident, um, maybe the greatest football player of all time, and arguably the best wide receiver in the league right now, Antonio Brown from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I have a comparison here of the two wide receivers before the age of 30. Now, before the age of 30, Jerry Rice played in 114 games, Brown has played in 115 games. 
Jerry Rice, 549 receptions for 9,349 yards. Brown has surpassed that, 733 receptions for 9,910 yards. Because remember, we look at Jerry Rice's stats and we always talk about how, you know, how he's blown away the rest of the field. We actually have, you know, somebody in the league now, not even just him, but he's had a longer stint than some of the other guys that we compare to Jerry Rice's pace. But this is where it gets murky. In that same span, in 114 games, Jerry Rice had 95 touchdown receptions. Antonio Brown has 59 touchdown receptions in 115 games. That's crazy. And I give Antonio yeah. Brown major props for being on this pace. Right, for being on this pace. And he scores a lot. Like, fantasy owners love this dude because – because Roethlisberger is always forcing him the ball all over the field and down in the end zone. But 95 touchdown receptions from Jerry Rice, like, damn. Like, what were they doing in San Francisco <laughs> when this dude got that many touchdown catches before the age of 30? Like, every time we talk about his statistics, they don't cease to amaze me. But I'm really impressed, even though we're in a different era. Um, of football and Antonio Brown is getting to benefit off the fact that, you know, people pass the ball nonstop. Still, it's still impressive because even with that, you know, a lot of people just can't keep up with the pace of a Jerry Rice. So that's our stat of the week. And before we move on and finish out the show with some NBA wraps, just want to let you guys know again that you can check out our website at warroomsports.com if you want to call in and speak with us about uh, any NBA topics, because we're going to speak about a few. And if you guys have some that you want to call in and talk about or talk about in the chat room, we're open to some freestyle conversation. Um, that number is 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted. But if you're already listening from your phone, like we always tell you, just press 1 if you want to talk. Let's get it. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I'm sitting here like just thinking about what just like popped on me, pause, and I'm like, I didn't <laughs> know Antonio was like putting up nothing. That's like really messing me up. I didn't know that. I mean, is he the goat or no? I'm just looking for somebody else because uh, you know, boy, disgust me. Anyway, um, Take a win, bro. <laughs> yeah, NBA Rap is brought to you by Digital Technology. For your business need a custom website? If you do, here's what you do: call two six seven two zero five four two zero three, or go to the website. DigitalExtremeTech.com. Make sure you tell them you got, uh, you know, put on by us because you will get a special price. You get that masterpiece hookup because uh, some of y'all are using trash tech. Go to the Digital Extreme Tech, get you a custom site, and then you can actually start to get some business and be like Junior Bridgman. So yeah, because that's that's a, that's affecting your business, man. When people look at your website. I ain't gonna front, Jimmy. I've gone to people's website. Like I'm re- all ready to give them business. Somebody recommended them. I go to their website. Yo, their website look cheap. I don't trust them. <laughs> I can't. Yo, I do I that can't. with anything. I do, yeah, yo, I like, do that with everything. And it, it might be shallow. Website, it might be a doctor. Work, if it's a, right. man, even if it's a, I'll be like, yo, you got a website? My fault. Anyway, um, <laughs> you got to get your uh, website up. <laughs> shout out to KC Mac because he said he called Jerry Rice chicken butt. He said chicken butt got 208 TDs. Oh, no doubt. The, the 95 that we're talking about is before the age of 30. So, yeah, 218. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's crazy. 
That's crazy. That's definitely crazy. That, that, football might not be around long enough for uh, AB to catch him on that because football wants right. to be out of here. But anyway. They're, they're um, already about to dumb it down the flag. So. Yeah, you know, we talk of hoops right now. We talking L.A. Brown. Um, This mural, this mural has like made like more appearances than, than LeBron has in L.A. Um, it was vandalized. It was fixed and it was vandalized. Um, well, actually, this time it was totally erased after just being defaced. And they got footage of it now. Like, um, right. you know, there's but what happened footage it was of the vandalized person again, Jimmy. So the original artist just totally he just totally whitewashed it because he's tired of people messing with his art. Because he yeah, gets he yeah. gets the fact that it's never going to be up there in peace. So, so, so I know. real quick I mean, question. I know my bad for cutting you off. But real quick question: If you're the original artist at this point that you know it's, it's been vandalized twice and people probably were still you know going to be messing with it constantly, would you have just deleted your hard work or would you have just you know sit up there and just live with the vandal you know the, the vandalism? No, I probably would have took it down now because once you got pictures of it, it's like it's documented forever. Like you got Plus he probably still got it. his it's check. Documented forever. Got yeah, his check. it's documented forever. <laughs> um, if they, if the check ain't clear yet, no, damn, I gotta keep fixing this down until they give me my check. Yeah, that's crazy though, man. Like it's the cold, it's the cold tarts versus the uh, blonde sexuals, and it's, it's already ugly. And we we not even nowhere near basketball season, but that's what's going on out here, man. And so, shout out to uh, USA that, Softball. I'm watching softball for some reason. And the pitcher got a um, – never mind. Uh, what happened? I got you. I got you. <laughs> I got you, yo. <laughs> no, yeah, so, but um, speaking of – No, I'm about to say, this mural situation, man, it, it was a tricky situation to begin with, though, man, because I think – a lot of there's a lot of people in LA who are excited about LeBron being there, and and we know the Lakers are a fan base who's basically tracked LeBron his whole career, and it, and it most of it probably wasn't genuine. It was just the fact that they allowed this fake rivalry that people created between LeBron and Kobe, who I always say like this is such a contrived rivalry because the, those two never played a meaningful game against each other in their entire basketball careers. Like they've played in more important games as teammates as they've played against each other in the NBA. Like, (laughs) so, you know, it's, it's been so contrived. They're not even really from the same era, but people, you know, you always need a hero. So you know, people take sides. So they, they did this. Kobe's people dislike LeBron. LeBron's people dislike Kobe now that LeBron's in L.A., there's some people who may be a little more excited. And it's not just Kobe Bryant. The Lakers have a rich history of all-time great players that just seem to be being forgotten and ignored because of the excitement of LeBron. And it's like before this man even plays, uh, you know, before the ball is tipped off in a preseason game, you know, he's getting murals as the king of L.A. Um, you got people – putting out memes talking about how he's the greatest <clears throat> Laker ever and, and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of disrespect going on. And I think a lot of the Lakers fans, you know, who are sticking with their anti-LeBron, it, it might not even be anti-LeBron. It's just people where the team and the history and the guys who've actually given something to the franchise, they're still more important until LeBron does something to actually join that list. Like I, I can't 
for the actual person who's doing the the defacing of this beautiful mural, as I might add. You know, I love art, and uh, you know, the dude did his mm-hmm. thing on it. Uh, I can't speak to their exact <laughs> mind state, but that's you know, I can speculate that that's a lot of what's going around in L.A. right now. So a lot of people who are kind of in the middle, <laughs> conflicted about how they should feel about this whole thing. And I think some people are to me, they're going a little too fast. They need to pump their brakes a little bit on the whole situation. Yeah, to me, I get it. I, get, I mean, I get both sides of it. I mean, it's excitement about him being here. But I think the whole thing of the mural and all that, although, like, and even some of the disrespectful memes, I honestly, just, I, I chalk that up to a sign of the time. Like, we've right. never lived in a world where we all can communicate. We can actually communicate with our favorite athletes, our favorite entertainers. We can communicate with, like, celebrity chefs or or, like, you know, models or ID models or – stop. Anyway, we can communicate with um, people that we never really had access to. And this whole thing of wanting to celebrate people while they're here is, like, a big movement. And, and you know, also, so is um, Cole Lawson. So those are know what Cole Lawson is, like, stepping in. So – because even – I look at the team like the Lakers who have a rich history, as you just stated. But also okay. I look at the team like the Celtics who have – a rich history as well, and I see the people Austin already. I see people already making the Jason Tatum, Larry Bird debate. Like, are you serious? Right? <laughs> um, they really do. I've seen AI disrespect in the name of praising Ben Simmons. Like, so there are people that have put in tremendous amounts of work for franchises all across the board. Um, and it just showed me also like how we're getting older because I remember at a, at a time talking to old heads when Mike was coming up where they felt like the praise of Mike was sliding this. But now it's not only do these people have a chance to praise their heroes, but it's seen by everybody. We can like physically see you right out and slander people that have like put in majors amounts of work. Kind of crazy, but like I just you- all over so. You saw how people in Philly were acting when they really thought they had a chance to get LeBron. I, I believe, like, there definitely would have been murals, plural, of LeBron in Philly. So, you know, AI, Dr. J, Moses, Will Smith, everybody no, would have been Yo, know, even in B, and in B, and B, LA will always be Magic and Kobe, so come here, like. <laughs> You, so what about right. the Sixers' rich history? Right. Like, he's going he craps on them, but then say, "Come here!" Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, listen, and, and B pooped on his own franchise. Like, so what I'm saying is, this is just a, this is just a time we live in. Is like, and I know you know, man, listen, man, we we have an opportunity. It's, it's a weird thing because we already knew that people were sheep. We already knew that for the majority, the masses are stupid. But now we have proof. Jim, I truly believe that had LeBron chose Philly. They would have found a way prior to opening night to build him a statue and then remove William Penn from a top city hall and put the LeBron statue up there. I truly believe believe there would have been a petition for that to happen at the very least. If they didn't do it, there would have been a petition for it to happen. (laughs) I've already seen seen in L.A. I've already seen in L.A. then talk about where will his statue go in reference to, like, Kareem Magic and Pat. Like, Kobe don't even have one. <laughs> Kobe ain't even get in yet. Yo, Robert yeah, Ory ain't get in yet. about where the bronze is going. <laughs> so, I, I get it. And this, these comments like this, this is one of the main reasons why I, like, fell off from social media altogether. 
I saw the Snapchat. It goes down in summer. But um, because, like, yo, I literally, get, like, you know how we always talk about how, how stupid people are. Like, but I found myself, like, yo, just getting upset. So I had to, like, take a little Lamont Wilson break. Like, yo, I just got to stop reading this stuff because people are, people are really crazy, man. And, people and the thing are is, though. People are colos. Right. I was about to say that. Since since it is a culture of colos, I think, I, I think the organization would even fall into that trap. Like, let's say LeBron does just play the four years on his contract, or maybe even three because he has an out after three. But let's say he plays the four years on his contract. Let's say these are the four most underwhelming uh, years statistically of LeBron James's career because he is getting older, even though, you know, LeBron is a cyborg and we haven't seen signs of age yet. Um, but, yeah. but, but for hypothetical speculation, let's, let's say the four most underwhelming statistical years of his career, the Lakers don't win any championships. I still feel that the organization is going to feel pressure and probably will succumb to the pressure of one hanging his Jersey in the round. I think that's a done deal. The moment he signs, his Jersey is going to go up there because they're always going to use the Laker greats as recruiting tools for anybody coming. So they're Mm -hmm. going to take you in the Staples Center and they're going to show you all the great jerseys. So that's a done deal. But I think after four years, just being LeBron James, you know what I'm saying? They might think about, you know, retiring the number, adding a statue out in the courtyard of uh, Staples Center with the rest of them. Like, I really think the pressure would be there, even if he's not the LeBron James that we know after this four years is done. I mean, but I would, too. It's because all about like, marketing, man. Of, and I think that markets the other players. It's about marketing. It's about had. attention. It's about, it's about a market. It's about attention. And it's about being able to create a buzz in, in, a, in an event. Mm-hmm. Like, what I recognize about, like, um, like, TV in general, TV these days is about, like, it's about, like, moments. It's sort of like when I was talking about the whole LeBron thing of uh, the decision. That was a moment. So it's all about creating moments. And that will be a moment. So we can retire LeBron, even though he really did nothing for us in comparison to the others. That's still a moment for us to get buzzed, generate income, generate attention. I, I mean, I can see that as well. But it just shows you, like, the society that we live in and the culture that we live in, man. It's like, I mean, this is the culture that made um, a reality star president, right? It's about these moments. It's about, oh, trolling. Trolling is like life these days. It's about creating attention. <laughs> creating a buzz and it's pretty much just sad when you really think about it it's a, it's pretty much we like to laugh at ourselves as people yeah. b you there g oh b is here oh okay it's making, here making sure <laughs> i mean i know how you would probably feel about here. that like if, if my if that hypothetical situation came true do you think the lakers would be like diminishing their History maybe a little bit and 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 decreasing their what the expectation is Speaking. to be a Laker great. Like, do you think they would be jeopardizing that in any way to 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 throw up the jersey, to throw up a statue after four years when nothing really got accomplished except for, of course, the Lakers are going to be back in the playoffs regardless of what they do in the playoffs. Is that enough in Laker lore to get you on that list? It shouldn't. It shouldn't be. But again, we're dealing with the change in culture, and that's one of the problems that I have. And, and you know, it's an ongoing battle and an ongoing—not battle, but an ongoing debate that 
that we'll always engage in here in the war room between Jimmy and I and sometimes between you and, and the blueprint because the change in culture where your product doesn't matter as much as your marketing and the attention you generate, that's a problem for me because it automatically means that the product begins to be degraded because people aren't going to put as much money. If, think about, if we think about business and we say that the market dictates where you spend your dollars because it impacts your share price and profitability, then the market dictates that we can put, we can roll out an inferior product. It doesn't matter. These jabronis will buy it. So we got to spend money on what causes them to buy, which isn't quality, but how much attention and noise we can make. And so I think that NBA franchises are no different than most other businesses that will sell out the quality of their product if they know that they don't have to invest money in the product, they just have to invest think, money in the marketing. I think the NBA, I think the NBA is a little different though, because winning itself is, is enough to, to, to uh, have the fans get behind Jack. So before KD got there, I mean, you had Steph obviously doing what he did, but it kind of um, like turned that whole thing around in terms of attention and all that without necessarily selling out or, or even participating in this Koloff culture. Yeah, we got to do a show called the Koloff Culture. But anyway, um, <laughs> but you can only but, have but one winner. Jim, is, Jim, what I'm saying is, Jim, say less. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, what, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm saying though, Austin, is, right? <laughs> listen, the Sixers, the Sixers, the Sixers stunk for a minute when they were going through the process. Like, I've seen the whole city turn around as soon as they looked like they had a chance to win. And winning pretty much filled that arena back up. It looked like I was back in town on the playoffs. Like, so I think winning will always one of those ways to quote unquote get the attention we're talking about. So I think that's what makes basketball a little different than say like having a product that you can put out an inferior product. And with basketball, one thing you can do is if you can't get attention through like um having a, like a LeBron, what you do is you put out a winner. You put out a winner and get the attention. I think that's kind of what separates um, basketball from just like a, a in, in that context in terms of another business. But I just feel like uh, with this current culture, it's not it's not that I'm agreeing with it. What I'm saying is it is what it is, and I fight losing battles. I have other things I can put my energy into, like watching Big Brother. Like I understand where this current thing is. Like it gets to the point yeah, with NBA or thing. no. What I'm saying. It's not that I accept it. What it is is with certain things, like sometimes, like it's for instance, right? So I had uncles who grew up loving basketball. They were they were Julius Irving stands, Wilt Chamberlain stands. By the time I got around into loving the game the way I love the game, they were looking at me like this is trash. Like what you watching is not real basketball. Real basketball, Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain. I look at them like they're crazy, right? And the fact that they didn't love the game as much as I loved the game, used to like I used to wonder like what's wrong with them. But now, as an older gentleman, I see, okay, the culture changed to them. The culture was about selling sneakers. It was about $30 million contracts. So now we're seeing a whole different culture, and now I'm the um, hashtag get off the lawn gang, where it's like all you do is care about is social media and, and, and you know, and Bernice. Like, that's all y'all care about. So I get it, right? So that, that's what I'm saying. It could be a point where I have to remove some of my love for the thing of ours because – it's a losing We've battle. always talked about the in the world. 
No, no. What I'm saying is it's a losing battle. You're saying that I'm accepting the culture. It's not that I'm accepting it. I'm saying that it's what it is. Like, it's a losing battle. I'm not, you can't fight this and win. This is, this is evolution. So, it's, 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 so your son may come up and fall in love with basketball, or he may not. I mean, to me, it sounds like the kids are, like, you know, not even really enjoying the same sports we enjoy. But what I'm saying is maybe, like, it, it's for them at this point. Um, not that I don't love the game. I do love the game, and I will support. But what I'm saying is this culture is changing to the point. And it's, look at our conversation last week about free agency. And we all feel different ways about it. But the one thing I recognize is that whole, the way things are moving now, that's here to say it's not changing. But I, I think change is the only constant. So it will have to change at some point. Yeah, but it's changing in that us as uh, quote-unquote old heads, like, you know, we don't like certain aspects of it. So, I, I, so it's, either, it's either I sit around and complain, these dudes are soft, or as, as Dev like to call them, cats. <laughs> these dudes is cats. <laughs> like, I sit around and call them cats. Or I just be like, y'all go do y'all thing. Like, I got other options at this point. I got amazing TV. It's an amazing TV right now. I mean, What's I'm like a, I'm like a, uh, I'm like a critical big brother, uh, uncle, father figure, because you know I'm gonna call them kitty cats, but I'm gonna still support and watch them. So, you know, that's yeah, just, that's what I'm it's not like I don't support. It's not that I don't. Support, yeah, I'm just gonna be the like, get off my lawn, get critical older uncle. <laughs> I get it though, because like to me, when I watched basketball coming up, I thought it was the greatest thing ever. I thought it was at its apex, and I have old heads tell me that it's trash. I'm like, how do you tell me it's trash? Like. I'm watching Mike. I, I'm watching. I'm watching like you know what I'm saying. I'm watching the beginning of AI and Tim Duncan, and they're telling me it's trash. And I used to think like, okay, they're just saying that because like you know they grew up whatever they grew up with. They, what they grew up with is trash. But as I get older, and you know, you read history and you see, so it's a cycle, man. It's a cycle. As an educated basketball aficionado. I'm sure that you gentlemen have both gone back and looked at older footage in different time frames. Mm-hmm. And so now you have a frame of reference to compare things to. When I look at older ball, particularly in the 80s, some in the 70s, I don't think those dudes were trash. I don't think, I don't think some of the skill sets and some of the game that I saw is trash. Like I have something to compare it with, and I do think – in some ways, but if I'm gonna say something, if I'm gonna be totally honest. Like when you go back and look at stuff from like the '80s and stuff, um, I mean, of course, the evolution of the damn the human body of athletes, um, the fact that you learned a, a more well-rounded skill set these days. I don't know if it's more well-rounded, but you know, big dudes can dribble. And everybody wants to shoot um, skill sets such as post game. That doesn't seem like that's taught much anymore. But when you look at mm-hmm. games back then, the players seemed more stiff. Um, even dudes who had handles, it didn't look as fluent as it may look now. Um, that would lead you to think that a lot of people just didn't even have an offhand. Um, some people didn't. <laughs> a lot of them didn't. Like, a lot, lot of like our, a lot of our greats did. A lot of our greats did. Right. Shots like off. like stuff like that changes. You know what I'm saying? Like Demar Derozan got a better I, handle than than Doc. He got a better handle than uh, Drexler. 
as far as handle goes, that's that's not even, I was about to say, that's not even a strength of his. That's not something that you would point out about his game. But if you look at him compared to some of the greats of the past, it it, it definitely looks like it's improved. But the young kids don't even respect him at this point. He's an old head. Like, it's crazy. And I think, (laughs) I think this is something else that we miss too. That we miss that how how, how fast things change, right? Because, you know, and this is all based upon culture and the internet. The internet, things like are come coming or going, right? And we always mm-hmm. make the analogy of like a music. How you how you sit with an album back in the day for like years and you read the liner notes and you live with it. Now after like a couple of weeks, you're like, all right, when the next one coming out? And that's kind of how society is. Move that thing so fast, the cats don't even like they they disrespect Demar Rose and saw him old wash. Like it's crazy. Um, and be awesome. You talking about like these younger generation? They they growing up with like a dude like Zion who's like 300 pounds and jumps higher than anybody on the planet. Somehow I don't know yo, what he's been saying. Yo, I ain't gonna lie. So, I mean, he's a, a child. Yo, Zion is So no, what I'm saying. So yo, when they grow up, when they grow up with a ball, when they grow up with a ball that's like 300 pounds, jumping over people's heads and just like like dunking with power, and they go back and they look at like something from the 80s. So then they like, yo, yo, that's my trash. Yo, yo, thing that they can even compare to Zion, but dude is, you know, yeah, but even even like the young boy that just went to the league for Sacramento, the boy that came from Duke, like he got bunnies and he got athleticism. Like, it's something that what Dev said too. Like, a lot of the things that people were taught, these guys have been in AAU and playing ball for so long at this point that, like. The thing is second nature to them. Like basketball has literally become a culture in itself. Like so, you have sports, you have basketball, but you have basketball culture. Where yeah, twenty-four-seven all day long. Like, Skyview one in the chat room. He says sports are like music. This music is garbage. Probably the same way our parents couldn't get down with Eric and Raquel. And this is absolutely true. They told me it was trash. Like, my mom used to, I used to, I used to get in trouble for listening to Snoop, and now like my mom loves Snoop, which is weird in itself. I always bring that up because to me that's like the weirdest like thing in the world. <laughs> like, but anyway, like Snoop, really? Same dude who you? No, yeah, because that's like that. You know, I don't think you understand how much that blows my mind because it's like the, the backlash I took for listening to um, you know, some of Snoop's uh, lyrics, but um, and the fact that he was he's been able to turn his whole like everything around is like completely like insane to me. But anyway, yeah, album and every um, genre. We got a call on the line, though. We got the homie Naj calling in from down the ATL. Let's get his opinion on some of this. Naj, what's going on, good bro? No, ain't nothing, man. What's up with y'all, man? Nothing y'all talking about you. Hey, Naj, are you you a member of the hashtag Get Off My Lawn Gang or no? Like me. Man, uh, I I fall into it sometimes, but I try to make sure I push myself out of it because sometimes, man, you go back and watch some classic games, you're going to see some bad basketball, too. So, I mean, that's every era. This is like, true. This is true. Like, it ain't no, nowhere if you watch just a Knicks 100% game, always thorough. You watch a Nick <laughs> Heat game, the final score is going to be like 67-64. Yep, 51-49. <laughs> right. But that's the thing, though. They entertain you in their own way, though, because they, you know, be ready to rumble on every play. Right, right. So yeah, so I try, to, I try my best to to fight myself from from doing that because I mean every era you you watching that generation's best, man. So it is what it is. Some of the rules and, yeah, and yeah. you know gameplay changes we gonna disagree with, but I don't want to be that old guy who, who's yelling like that. 
Uh, what y'all talked about earlier, I think that's why Dan Lebitard and them just started making a radio show like laughing at sports radio. Like, we are in an era of idiocy, man. So people come on with dumb, dumb opinions and, and, you know, people doing the legacy of LeBron before he gets there to L.A. Like, what's going to be his legacy here? I don't know. Maybe he did it. Like, dog, we are in the ridiculous time right now, and I don't think we bask in it enough at how ridiculous it is. Like, look around yeah, and listen yeah. to some of these morons. Like, they wouldn't have got to speak in the barbershop when we were growing up. Like, yo, what you say? <laughs> oh. What? what? Yo. Like, no, you got to go. Nah, yo. Like, yo. Nah, <laughs> he get his cut. You got to go. Man. The point you <laughs> kind of a point that supports kind of my position, it's not I – don't, I don't blindly accept the old man get off my lawn – thing i'm like yo idiocy is given a platform a broader platform than it's ever been before so it's like idiocy helps drive the culture and idiocy is taken seriously like it's not idiocy not because there aren't people that understand it's because people that understand that it's idiocy a lot of times realize that it sells or they're too lazy to correct it like, how can you well, tell me this era? Now, that's, that's true, because I can, I can understand how be how you get upset at people who you know know better. But you're like, hey, yeah. it's, it's what's happening right now, so I got to get down. I, I understand here, that. Here, here's kind of yeah. here, how I look at it. Cause it's, I don't want to fight that battle. We, we, live in, we live in a world right now of anti-intellectualism to the point where people make fun of people for being smart or, or thinking things through, like like literally. Um, and it's also at a time where, like, it's I blame the Kardashian Jenners. So, it's twenty four seven media, so they have to like fill this this talk up constantly about who's the best is. And if you notice, like, because everybody does have a platform now, and I'll speak specifically on Twitter because that's where most of it comes from. A lot of these shows, because of the popularity of social media, have been forced to like get down instead of laying down to the point where they put Twitter tickers. And give you hashtags just to comment so they can have things to talk about. They want to talk about what people are talking about. Um, right. And I've had people. Because, you know, Jim, one of the biggest like, sports stories today in the NBA is about Kevin Durant having an argument on Twitter with, you know, a fan. That's like one of the biggest <laughs> stories today. Because a fan listen, said something to Kevin listen, Durant, I've got had, under I've his skin, he answered him, and they had an argument. I've had a big time media personality at ESPN, a big time media personality at ESPN, tell me that they have someone whose full-time job it is to sit back and Sorry. look up stories for Twitter <laughs> to put on all of their shows. That's, that's a full-time job. Like someone's paid a right. full-time salary to do that. So that's what dictates what they talk about. And then you get idiotic like, you know, conversations that are like, why are we talking about this? Listen, people are already talking about Jason Tatum's Boston legacy. Yo, people are comparing him to Larry Bird. Like, why are we doing that? Man, that averaged 13 a game this year. He went off in the playoffs. So why are we doing that? Lost their month. Why he's nice. I think he's nice, but damn. But it's kind of like you're doing him a disservice. You're doing, you're, you're doing him a disservice by doing that. Yeah. Right. That's pressure. It's like the drive, it's the drive for content. I hate the drive for so content and having to identify the next big thing and to be on the train early. And then when you're on the train early, when everybody else catches up, then you get off and you call all of them bandwagoners, and now you don't like that person. It's that's like another the dude thing. who that's only likes underground thing. rappers. 
son got balls. Yeah. I'm listening to such and such. And you're like, man, don't no girls want to listen to that at no party. Don't nobody want to ride to that in their car. Like, bruh, like, chill out. And Yo, they fooled, you know, on, two feet it, down on it. But as soon as that underground rapper get a hit and become popular, you're like, oh, I don't like him no more. You go find somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Then they'll call him corny. So, yeah, yeah that part is weird, bro. Uh, oh, the Laker thing y'all was hitting on. Man, as y'all was talking, I started looking up some of the stuff because, you know, we ain't talked about the CBA stuff in years. So the Time Warner deal, the Lakers are pulling in 200 mil a year. Uh, that's Spanish Channel and English Channel. Uh, they got 12 mil a year from Wish, the online company, to put that uh, little mm-hmm. Wish marker on their jersey. And then they get their regular split from the NBA TV deal, which is two point six million a year. I'm actually surprised about that, man, because I have the the Wish app. It's kind of it's kind of trash. Like right, right. Like you don't think the <laughs> Lakers would be dealing with this? Uh, that kind of. Hey, man, they they offered up that twelve, bro. They couldn't turn it right. down. I think the Cavs got <laughs> one for ten. I wonder how much that gets devalued now that LeBron is gone. But I, I think that speaks to why LeBron is there, why you're going to see the crazy fanfare for it, because now this justifies that deal. The ticket prices just went up crazy. You have all kind of hysteria around your franchise. So even if it doesn't live up to, you know, what you're expected to on the court, revenue-wise, uh, him doing badly will probably be even bigger for them on that Q-rating stuff while we saw when he left Cleveland the first time. So, no matter what, the financial impact is going to be huge. And they're looking at this like, hey, man, even if we lose, we win. You know what I mean? So I, this this is crazy. I'm just looking at some of this revenue. And the Knicks fan, man, you long-suffering Knicks fans, the amount of money that Dolan is stuffing into his pockets, dude, I, I, I'm shocked. I ain't going into it fully because I didn't get all the numbers because I wanted to do this Laker thing. But, dude, that, that, that fan base is being abused, man. They are like they, they oh, yeah. have Stockholm Syndrome. Like, this is not right. Yeah. The money, he is pulling out his pockets, bro. Then they get fooled oh, again man. because Kevin Knox already, you know, they already talking about his legacy. Like, he played he right, played well right. in games. And people talking about how if, if Patrick Ewing and them would have had Kevin Knox a small forward, they would have won the chip back then. Former MVP of the Summer League. So, I mean, Atlanta Hawks fans will tell you all about Summer League All-Stars. Legacy, legacy, legacy. And and like the great Newby Brown said, all Summer League ball tells you is who can play in the NBA and who can't. That's it. Right. Legacies are made in the summer. (laughs) Yo, legacies. (laughs) We got to do a whole show on legacy because everybody talk about everybody's legacy. Not only after one game, but after one shot. So anyway, yeah, now nah, right. we gotta go. We about, we about to, to roll in, out. Can, can, can I hit Papa John's? Can I hit Papa John's before I go? Yeah, go ahead. Real, real, quick, real quick, real quick. Fifteen seconds. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, the man messed up their money last year. Coming out in a statement, they trying to sell pizza to everybody. This dude picked a side, so the board wanted him up out of there. You got a hundred thousand right. shares in that company. This dude messing up your money. Yeah, you gonna get him out. So they try to rehabilitate <laughs> him. Go through a little PR thing. He makes a joke out of it in the PR thing. They say, you know what, bro? You got to go. You costing us yeah. money. This ain't about it's the N-word it's about or that racism. Money. It's about him costing them money. Exactly. All right, man. Thanks exactly. for your call. You know, we appreciate right, it. We'll holler at you next week. For sure. All right. <laughs> yeah, we got to roll. Yo, um, one, I was going to make a quick statement to you, gentlemen, yo. Are y'all tired of the word black excellence, man? I just read something online and, like, pissed me off. Like, the term Yo, someone posted a picture of their dinner and someone posted, oh, that's black excellence. I, so I'm just black like, anyway. Um, black girl magic. <laughs> Come on, yo, we got to do better. Yo, so overused, yo. 
Alright, man, we out of here, man. Give me listen, some black ass. <laughs> listen, thank you. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. This show, this show, I mean, this show is black excellence. Um, shout to everybody who uh, got through those who give me a through. We apologize, man. Shout to everybody. Black boy magic. Chat. Listen. Oh. <laughs> next week, live right here. <laughs> Yo, on demand. Yo, man, y'all must be here. All I got to say, man, listen, everything we do is at warroomsports.com. Get my book, Sports to Book, at sportsandbook.com, warroomsports.com. Until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the world against ignorance. We'll see you jumps on top. Hashtag Black Excellence. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.